0: Welcome to Trivially Crucial, where we believe every terrible plastic surgeon, weird leather fetish, butler with terrible obsec, and socially awkward billionaire are important and critical to our lives, no matter how unimportant a story may seem. I'm Mandy. And I'm Michael. And today we're specifically talking about the two Burton Batman movies. That is 1989's Batman and Batman Returns.
1: Yeah, and to just to be especially specific, we mean the ones directed by Tim Burton, because he did, I think... I believe he's the producer of the next one, but he is not the director of it. Uh, And so you could also say that these are the Keaton Batmans, right? Yes,
0: the ones where Keaton is Batman. You're right. uh, Batman Forever is produced by Tim Burton.
1: Cool. Um, All right. So uh, I guess before we start, we have a lot of, I'm sure we have plenty to say about these. But uh, it's probably important to have context because we're going to have a lot to make fun of. (laughs) I think uh, in these movies, but it's uh, especially for the first one, the context of when it came and like what the world was like in terms of comic book movies is probably pretty important, Um, especially because I don't know how much you know about where Batman was in terms of like the grand scheme of things in terms of public perception at the time. All I know is
0: that before this was the 1960s, uh, holy smokes, Batman series. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's
1: basically it. Uh, I mean, the comic books had gotten darker, right? Like, you already had some Frank Miller stuff and and so on, some darker darker Batman stories in the comics. But comics were not nearly as mainstream as they are now in terms of just how many people are aware of what's going on in them. So most of the general public's perception of Batman was just this really weird, goofy detective thing with, like, you know, holy cheese and crackers, holy smokes, all that. Um, shark repellent pretty weird stuff. And so um, for a lot of Batman fans, because I follow a lot of people who are older than us, and for a lot of Batman fans, like back in the era that this was coming out, this was sort of a big deal because it was like a serious Batman movie, like a serious comic book movie. And other than that, I mean, honestly, the only real comic book movie of any note, you had the Superman franchise. Um, And Superman is a much different character from Batman, especially back then, when they had him being like, you know, it was very much the truth, justice in the American Way, kind of Boy mm-hmm. Scout sort of thing. so uh, yeah. Uh, and on that note, they for whatever reason, Tim Burton got picked to do this. Uh, <laughs> I and opinion. Tim Burton <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, <laughs> so I mean, going in, I personally love Tim Burton a lot. I really love his general aesthetic and so on. but Tim Burton is also not a Batman fan. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And uh, you can tell that when you watch this movie. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. Let's. Uh, I think that's that's good for general background. So, Mandy, do well, you want to start us off?
0: With... I, I guess you know, coming out where we come from, approaching yeah. these Batman movies. Like when the nineteen eighty nine Batman came out, I was two.
1: Oh, so, and I was three. So
0: <laughs> I don't remember a time when this movie didn't exist, and I don't remember whether I saw this or Superman first. Like you know, it. it who knows. Who knows? Uh,
1: I definitely saw this one first. I did not see Superman until remarkably late, really. I, I mean, I was probably a good seven or eight years old, and I saw this before that, which is probably backwards in terms of what I could have handled well, but it's the <laughs> All way it I is. know
0: is, is that as a child, based on these two franchises, uh, which would include these Burton movies and the two follow-up, uh, and then looking at the three Superman movies, based on that, I preferred Batman. So, ten-year-old Mandy thought Batman was way more awesome than Superman, based on just these movies, no exposure to anything else. So, uh, uh, it's <coughs> been interesting to revisit them. <laughs>
1: my, my passion for Superman didn't start until a little bit later. Like, I liked him, but it probably wasn't. I probably wasn't twelve or thirteen. It, that's probably about when my we, he became my favorite character. So, uh, before that. Again, because of this franchise, at least the early movies, I liked Batman more. And I don't really remember when the first time I watched it. I know that it was probably just my mom was watching it on TV or on, you know, or rented it or something. But Yeah. um,
0: I I will also say that out of the first four Batman movies, because even though they are kind of split and that Burton directed two of them and not the other two, in my mind, they're one franchise. Uh, Oh, I agree. uh, Neither of these is my favorite.
1: (laughs) Uh, I would say that the first one probably is, but I don't respect my opinions anymore because I need to clearly go back and watch all of these because I yeah. did not remember them nearly as well as I thought I did. And, and
0: like I said, my opinion might change after we've Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but uh, Batman Forever was my favorite um, well into high school. Um, so, uh, of course, that's been altered by, you know... There have been more Batman movies, and I'm pretty sure Lego Batman is going to be the greatest Batman movie ever made.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily argue with you on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Small Mandy didn't particularly like these two, and there are very sp- there's a very specific reason for that, and that is the bad guys terrified me. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um, so do we want to start with actual story stuff or maybe casting?
0: Uh why why don't we start with casting because I feel like we have to talk about, you know, in, in Batman, the big casting are of course we have Batman and Joker, right? That's yes. what drives the whole movie. Uh so who do you want to talk about first, Michael? Batman or Joker?
1: Uh I guess Joker because at the time it was a big deal, right? They they wanted like Batman was a big deal. They were, you know, commercials everywhere. Um, they really wanted this franchise to succeed, and so they wanted a big-ticket star, and that big-ticket star was Jack Nicholson. Um, how do you think that worked out for them?
0: Um, I mean, I thought he was terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: what's interesting is I'm pretty sure, and I'm looking it up now, uh, yes, so The Shining came out in 1980. So I feel like the producers are trying to monopolize on this, not only as, uh, Uh, him, not only is he like a huge star, right, but he's also someone people have been scared of before. Uh, But for me, of course, as a small child who saw Batman well before I saw The Shining. Well, I saw The
1: Shining last year for the first time. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't see The Shining
0: uh, until college. And so I was thinking about this. Jack Nicholson has always unsettled me. As an actor, always. Yes, it doesn't matter always. what I'm watching. Even when he's
1: playing like a kind person part and stuff. Yes. He freaks me out as a dude. And
0: I'm pretty sure that's because of this movie. Because I'm pretty sure the first thing I ever saw Jack Nicholson in was Batman.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it is. But he just generally creeps me out. Just the way he talks. I, yeah. I don't know.
0: But I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure the first thing I ever saw him in is this. And I think he makes a really creepy Joker. I, uh, I, now, whether he's true to comic book Joker, I can't I can't say anything about that. I don't know. I would say he's not uh, all,
1: but that's not his fault. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> but he is terrifying, I think, as Joker. He's uh, he's scary, even as just a, a low level um, mobster, you know, Jack Napier. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was great casting.
1: Cool. Uh, I agree. I think they it was really a coup for them. Uh, There are clearly times where you can see he's just having fun with the part like he's just kind of being weird for the sake of being weird. And from what I understand, those parts were not necessarily written in that way. He just decided to go a little bit kooky. And I think it worked really well for him. So uh, yeah, really good. Uh, Other one, Michael Keaton. I feel like there may be a bit more of a discussion between the two of us on this one.
0: Yeah, because I don't like it at all.
1: (laughs) Okay, why not?
0: Uh, he's not handsome. He's not. Uh, I mean, I, I get they made an actual choice to make him socially awkward. So, so I'm not gonna blame Michael Keaton for that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just think Michael Keaton and I think Beetlejuice. I, I think weird little man. I don't think hero and I see him on the screen and I think weird little man. And I'm like, that's not Batman. I I'm sorry. He's not Batman. <laughs> he's not Bruce Wayne either. He, and, and I, and he's not a bad Batman because the suit, you know, disguises his whole like physical aspect. Uh, and he's, he's not bad at acting with like his eyes, but as Bruce Wayne, I just see this awkward looking, uh, like someone who's like about to become a supervillain. Uh, and not in a good way, not in like it's making us contemplate Batman's grayness, like in a like, uh, this man's not strong enough to be Batman. He's not cool enough to be Batman. I I, I just don't buy this at all.
1: So I actually really like the casting. Uh, I like him as Bruce Wayne specifically. Batman, I'm kind of indifferent uh, to his role as Batman. And a part of it is I think I just have much newer movies to many more movies to look at, uh, and both. And then I, of course, have the animated series that was inspired by this, um, which is my, that's my favorite rendition of Bruce Wayne and Batman, just in terms of the dichotomy between the two, and you have the casual playboy who's actually really, really, who's, you know, the playboy is just sort of an image he gives off, but he's really intelligent, and so on, and that's not what we have here. No, he's and not a of, casual
0: playboy. <laughs> yeah,
1: I really, really like actually, that he's awkward. Like, I like the choice, and I feel like Michael Keaton did it well to me, Um, that he played that version well. I don't know that he could have done the kind of uh, Bruce Wayne I actually prefer most of the time, but this not being the single Batman movie that I have to hang my hat on, I'm totally cool with it being a different take. If this were the only, like, the beginning of the franchise and so on, then I would probably be more frustrated with it, Uh, but since I do have other Batman movies, I'm cool with it, and so I like it being different.
0: I'm not frustrated with it, because like you, there are other Batmans, right? And uh, Val Kilmer forever. Uh, I'm sorry other Batman fans Uh, I have not rewatched Batman forever in a long time so when we talk about Batman forever you may hear me completely change my tune and be like I can't believe I like that movie as a kid so take anything I say about Batman forever with a grain of salt but as a kid you know that was my Batman Val Kilmer is you know suave he's uh uh, interesting um he's not like I, I mean I feel like I don't know. I feel like this Batman was almost some sort of Tim Burton self-insert of socially awkward nerd boy gets to be Batman, uh, and and that's just not who Batman is to me.
1: Well, so in my mind, I think for both of these movies, I think a lot about uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yes, as being a you know previous work from Burton, um, and that's kind of what I see here is Burton really likes people who are awkward and you know not. He he doesn't, you know, he likes people who don't fit in. So it's like, for me, the idea here is that, like, Batman is kind of inherently messed up a little in the head, right? And so this is sort of a, well, what would that guy look like if he were a billionaire? And he would probably not actually be able to function totally normally. And he would probably be a billionaire who kind of hid in the shadows and people didn't recognize on sight. Um, and, you know. I have an opinion that, about that. I... <laughs> I, uh, so, so I I'd buy it. As a possible interpretation.
0: I, I mean, the thing that gets me is I feel like there are different types of socially awkward. Um, and comparing this to the Batman that I am now most familiar with, because I've seen it most recently. Oh, well, I guess not the most recent Batman. <laughs> I've seen, but we don't talk about the most recent Batman I've seen. Uh, but uh, the Nolan Batman uh when you watch that batman batman begins specifically because i feel like has more bruce wayne in it right. Uh bruce wayne's still socially awkward like people feel uncomfortable around him uh it's because be, guess what playboys make people uncomfortable <laughs> Uh and he does things that are uncomfortable like he's playing in a fountain, you know, like yeah. uh and it's because he's trying to play a playboy and he's not necessarily really a playboy and he's not necessarily doing it well. And since people don't really socialize, like Commissioner Gordon's not actually hanging out with a lot of playboys, right? So right. it's not like he has anyone to compare whether this is what a playboy is really like, but I but I feel like Tim Burton is incapable of understanding that kind of socially awkward and that kind yeah. of weird. Um so he had to make this other choice that he's more familiar with. Uh, and once again, I'm not super familiar with Batman in the comics, so I, I don't know how Batman in the comics plays Bruce Wayne, and I know it's probably different from writer to writer. Um, but it, it just struck me as uh, this is a man who I don't ever anticipate he would actually leave uh, Bruce, uh, Wayne Manor.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> and some of it is we didn't – well, I don't know. I, I guess some of this, too, is, again – Tim Burton is not a Batman fan. Uh, yeah. He's not... He doesn't especially care about Batman. He was probably doing this because of some contract thing where he had to do this in order to get funding for the movies he wanted to make, you know? Um, and he was a name that people knew at the at that time. Um, Net, I think it works for this movie in that I love his aesthetic so much, and I think it's it works so well in terms of darkness and so on for this movie that... I kind of am willing to give a pass to the other stuff, especially if you think about from the perspective of people coming into this who have never really had, other than Superman, a decent portrayal of a superhero in a, in movie form or even TV form, that this was like a a big deal, I'm sure, to comic book fans then, you know? Like a well, real I, I, breath of fresh air.
0: I agree. It works for this movie. I think it yeah. does not work for Batman Returns.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. And we will get to that. I w- yeah. We will tear that apart. I'm sure. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, so, uh, can
0: I talk about my other favorite casting in this movie?
1: M- maybe, but you alluded to one that I wanted to just touch on really briefly.
0: Okay. Okay. It's the suit. Oh, the bat suit.
1: <laughs> yeah, the bat suit. The bat um, suit's
0: not a casting.
1: <laughs> no, no, but it's an important part of it because it's one of the things that changes so much from movie to movie. You that know? is so true. Uh, and it's this is the first real bat suit that we have on you know on the big screen, and it's just really funny how like he just can't move in it at all, and it's hysterical.
0: there's a scene and i actually think it's in batman returns where he like tears off the mask and it like tears off the mask yeah and i'm just like this is the most awkward suit ever like his mask is like rubber and he can actually tear it off that just seems like it wouldn't work in a fight.
1: Yeah, well, and and in the second one, it's actually more, like, he has more mobility in that one. And this first one, he, like, never moves. Like, there's a point where he punches. I'm like, did you learn from Bruce Lee how to do, like, the the two-inch punch? Because there's, like, no wind-up, no nothing. It's just, like, you're standing there, and then your fist is out. It's like, that's not how the physics of punching work very well. (laughs) Um, So anyways, that was just an aside. But yes, go into your actual comments on casting, your next one.
0: So this is not something I ever appreciated as a child, but on my rewatch of this, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent.
1: I know. <laughs> I had completely forgotten. Did not realize at all either. I just, I saw it, I was like, wait, what? It's Billy D. Williams.
0: And so, I just, yeah. I want the alternate reality where that played through and Billy D. Williams was Two-Face. Oh, I just, I want that to That could have so been much. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: I, <and sighs> well, if you ever under- get your hands on that. If I you mean, ever get your hands on that, do pass it my way. So yeah,
0: I mean he's underused in this movie, but that's because you can tell they're setting up, right? Yeah. They're setting up for a sequel where Harvey Dent, you know, becomes Two Face. Uh, that just never happens. Uh, well, it does, but Billy Dee Williams never doesn't doesn't play it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and I I just. You know, at the time, I didn't know Harvey Dent was supposed to become Two-Face, right? And I never made the connection between Billy Dee Williams' character and Tommy Lee Jones' character that, like, they're playing the same character Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, as a kid. But now knowing who Harvey Dent actually is, you know, having seen other movies and been exposed to other Batman media, I'm just like, wow, that would have been amazing. And I I do know Billy Dee Williams is playing Two-Face in the Lego Batman.
1: Oh, that's pretty awesome. I didn't know that.
0: Yes. Uh, and it's because of this, because he wanted the reason why he took this role, my understanding is, is because he wanted to be Two-Face. Uh, so I, I'm glad he's eventually getting to play Two-Face. I'm just sad we never got to have a live action Billy D. Williams Two-Face.
1: Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess next there was uh, the least interesting Commissioner Gordon I've ever seen.
0: Oh, my gosh. Is, is he even a character? He, he's just like a prop.
1: Yeah, it, it was remarkable how uninteresting they made him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, that's basically all I have to say about him. <laughs> Do you that, have anything just, else? To like... <laughs> uh,
0: his whole purpose in both of these movies is to create and use the bat signal.
1: Yeah, that's that's basically it. He or is to receive, not even to create, right? Like, he yes, receives he. it. That's
0: true. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just, he's so bad. I mean, it's not that he's bad. It's not like the actor is doing a bad job. He, he's just, they gave him nothing to do.
1: Yeah, there's literally nothing for him to do as an actor other than just say some really straightforward lines. Um, yes. But hey, at least he's not a terrible Commissioner Gordon, because <laughs> you could have done that. I mean, um, I can't think
0: of a worse one, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, he's just not explicitly terrible. It's more like he's absent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you might as
0: well not be in the movie,
1: right? Uh, I'm I'm trying to think because I want to get to Vicky Vale last of the major <laughs> characters because I feel like we can carry that into the actual story. Uh, uh, Alfred,
0: do we want to talk about Alfred? Yeah, Alfred. So we alluded to this in the opening statement that he's terrible at OpSec. So th- for those who don't know, OpSec is an abbreviation of operational security. Yes, it just means being like aware of your surroundings. And you know, if you're working for a secret vigilante, you maybe don't bring girlfriends in.
1: I'm just saying. Yeah, without telling your boss who has a secret identity that Oh, look, I brought her into your secret bat cave and she's awake now. Yeah, it's very weird. Like, I think that's really funny. But I also like it a little bit. Because it kind of gives this idea of like, you know, he's really just his father figure. And he's been taking care of him. He didn't sign up for this. You know? Right,
0: it's like this idea that he thinks, like, if he can just get him to settle down, he'll stop all this
1: Batman nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So
0: he's trying to push this girl on him, like, hey, don't don't
1: you like her? <laughs> why, why like, you and, her? and even if he is to, totally behind the Batman thing, he's like, that doesn't mean you can't just have a girlfriend and get married and have kids. Why not? <laughs> you know? Uh, so, really, really weird. This is clearly not the Alfred Pennyworth who, uh, who, like, you know fought in the military and has all kinds of military training and, and so on you know
0: it's, a, it's definitely a more butlery version.
1: Yeah, he's just like a straight- up butler who yeah. really loved his charge when you know his parents died. Um, yeah, uh, I guess after that we've the only people left we have are the uh, the reporters, right yes. So Knox and Vale? Yes. Nox is just kind of weird. Um
0: I, I, he's kind of like half a character who's only in half the movie and yeah. he's fine. I don't I don't really have any strong opinions on him either other than he seems to be trying to hit on Vicky Vale and she's
1: supposed to be like working with him and that's awkward. Yeah, he reminds me of a not quite as bad as Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. Mm. But
0: He's not nearly as bad as Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. No,
1: no, not, but you can see a lot of, like, this is the same era, kind of, in terms of outlook of what is normal behavior and stuff. So he's trying to emulate Bill Murray in Ghostbusters, almost, Uh, or what was perceived by, as charm, I guess, back then, but is definitely not charm. You mean
0: charm as being a jerk and just hitting on your coworkers? What? Yeah,
1: that, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, on to the character who matters, Vicky Vale.
0: Oh, Vicky. She is so 80s.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like so close and yet so far from being an actual woman with agency.
0: Well, I feel like uh, she starts out with agency and then loses it over the course yes, of the movie. Yes.
1: Exactly. Like I was I was shocked at the beginning. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really... Oh, dang it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because she's like actively... She's almost like Lois Lane, right? She's like actively investigating Batman and, you know, pursuing this billionaire guy she's interested in. And then, like, as soon as she, like, starts actually dating him, all of her agency goes away. It's like the idea that once you settle down, you don't need agency anymore. And so all she has left to do is scream and get saved.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess spoilers for... The between these two movies, the relationship doesn't work out. Not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's kind of. So anyways, um, I guess we can start with the actual story elements and how it all works together. Um, You have anything you want to start off with?
0: Uh, Well, it opens with a fake out, which I really appreciate um, Mm -hmm. because it opens and you almost think you're about to see the Wayne murder uh, and you don't. It is just another family, <laughs> and then Batman saves them, and and I really appreciated that one. It didn't open with the Wayne murder because I feel like every Batman movie these days feels the need to you know, right, open with that. Uh, and uh, in fact, that that knowledge was left as something people. I, I'm of two minds of the fact that that knowledge was left as something people didn't know and had to be investigated. Because on one hand, I think it re- really works really well in the story. On the other hand, I have a hard time believing if the Waynes are a force of influence in Gotham, that people wouldn't know they were murdered. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah. uh, it, and I feel like maybe this movie just believes the Waynes as a whole are just lesser or more behind the scenes influence on Gotham. They don't actually do anything like out and about, which I guess is one interpretation. Uh, but I, I really appreciated it, it didn't open with the murder and faked us out and had Batman save this family.
1: Yep, no, I totally agree with you. Um, I I really like the fake-out. Um, I like... I, I forgot, so I was like, I'm pretty sure the actual parent scene is in this movie, and then it turns out that it is, and I was actually a little disappointed by that because mm-hmm. of how they got tied in more than it needed to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, early on, I don't remember the direct uh, orders of scenes because it's been a couple weeks since I watched this, but... Uh, when the joker or excuse me jack napier is introduced i totally forgot that he had like this whole human non joker background that, that like just has like a weird mobster who is subservient to another mobster but also cheating with that guy's girl and so mm. on it was like this whole weird background um so that was weird
0: what's really interesting to me about joker and uh his girlfriend i i, I don't know what her name is. Yeah. Um, is when this movie was made. And I'm like, this movie was made before Harley Quinn right. existed. Uh, and this character, this girlfriend is almost like a pre Harley Quinn. I mean, she's not she's not Harley Quinn at all. Right. But like that she loves the Joker and she's like abused by him and like pulled in. She's not as smart as Harley Quinn or as fun. Uh, but I like, I feel like I see, uh, the seeds of someone who could be like, what if we gave Joker a girlfriend who had like agency? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I can see the guys who made Harley Quinn watching this movie and using Joker's girlfriend in this movie as their jumping off point of this slightly crazy girl. Not not this character. You know, she's just not very bright and uh, kind of follows Joker around. But like, what what if we took this even further and gave her agency and made her interesting? and, And I just really see the seeds there, even though they're not really related. Right. It's like this little seed that one day grows into a tree of Harley Quinn.
1: Uh, well, they're more closely related than you think. Um, so this, what I think the single best thing about this movie is, is that it heavily influenced the creation of Batman, the animated, the animated series. Um, and so Tim, uh, excuse me, I was about to say Tim Burton, but that's not right. Bruce Tim <laughs> uh, is the creator of that series, and Paul Dini was one of the big writers and creative factors behind it, and he is the creator of Harley Quinn. He created it for the animated series, and they were constantly, especially early on, taking inspiration from this movie specifically in terms of tone and so on, and uh, I've I've listened to I don't know how many interviews with uh, Paul Dini at this point and read more, and he's like, has definitely identified this as an inspiration for her. So, um, so there you go. <laughs> ah,
0: so I'm not crazy. No, nope, I mean, you're not I am, crazy, but not because well, of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, this particular aspect does not especially uh, contribute to your craziness. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I just feel like if you know if this movie was made now, like this movie in particular, uh, not a movie with Joker, but this one, uh, that would be Harley Quinn.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if nothing else, it would at least be the genesis of it so she could be Harley in the next movie or something.
0: Right. You know? Right. Uh, but he he treats her so abominably in this movie.
1: <laughs> hmm
0: And I just feel so... Like, she gets her face melted.
1: Yeah. It's pretty terrible. Um, Okay. Speaking of face melting, so Joker's genesis in this, right? We have the whole thing where he is uh, he's a bit too uppity for his boss and, yes. you know, there a whole bunch of things happen... They they try too heavily and I think fail at the Batman versus Joker thing, which they, they call out at the end, they're just like, well, you created me, well, you created me thing. It's like, no, it's just not that interesting, guys.
0: No, and, um, and I actually think it's a step too far to have Joker kill Batman's parents.
1: Right, I, I do too. But a part of this is the whole, like, Batman trying to save him and he falls into this vat of acid or whatever yeah. that bleaches his skin. It's so um, weird. It disfigures his face, and it's a very weird. His skin is very odd, but also, I don't understand how he survived it. Because they're like, "Oh, it he died, and no bodies found." It's like, does the thing just drain into the sewer? Like, I don't understand. It like, is this Gotham?
0: So yeah. you know, it probably drains into their drinking water. Let's be honest.
1: <laughs> does it drain with such a such large gaps that there's, like, there's not even like? grates and stuff so he doesn't just settle at the bottom of whatever the container is that makes no sense to me at all it
0: also doesn't make any sense that this acid bleaches his skin and then affects his his smile
1: yeah Uh, but seemingly the rest of him works fine
0: right like so he needs plastic surgery uh, but only on his face and and also his plastic surgeon
1: is limited to using like tools that you would use on rusted cars yeah um I, is a very, they really botched this Genesis thing, which I, I guess they were tapping into the many ridiculous comic book things and you can kind of hand wave it away. It's like, oh, he fell into a vat. But it's like, guys, you could have pulled him out of the vat. Yeah. And that it, would have solved at least one of the major problems. You there know? are so
0: many scenes in this movie that I'm just like, it's almost like they took this straight from the pages of a comic book and never stopped to consider, could this work in a movie? Right. Uh, especially with the Joker. And, and some of the stuff is brilliant and it works in a movie or a comic book. Like, you know, the whole scene in the art museum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say that that was probably the single one that stands out to me the most. But the parade? No, the parade makes no sense. The parade is so comic booky. And then this,
0: this genesis of Joker where they don't find his body. He leaked to somewhere. He has to get some weird plastic surgery that only affects his mouth. Yeah. So the after effects of him being dropped in this acid are his skin is bleached and he had to have plastic surgery on his mouth. I literally don't understand. And he's like, a little
1: bit less mentally stable, but he was already on that path, I think.
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure that's an effect of the uh, the acid so much as just like, he's like, I'm done with all yeah. this. Uh...
1: Like the trauma of the situation kind yeah. of.
0: Yeah, it's very weird.
1: Uh, also, uh, and this is true in both of these movies, like, okay, Batman is Bruce Wayne He's a billionaire. He's got money. That is enough for me to know where his gadgets come from. Yeah. Where does the Joker's gadgets come from?
0: Where does his money to pay his goons come from? Where, where does he have like a factory somewhere where he made these parade floats? Like,
1: where does his killer joy buzzer come from? Right. I, I believe like, he could have made that. I could make a killer joy buzzer.
0: Uh, I could too. I would. But I'm just
1: thinking like, <laughs> but he could make one of those. And then you also have the like random chair with a button that he pushes it and it has like a glove that punches his tv or or something like he has a lot of really weird gadgets that he got in a very short period of time
0: okay and even better question is how does he infect all the hygiene products like this is literally the whole plot of the movie right like somehow he, oh, I, I
1: think he takes over the he took over the factory that he fell in but so he, he the, takes
0: over multiple products Oh, are no, it doesn't made, make any sense. Are they all made in the same place? How did he get through the security? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was
1: specifically, uh, uh, he was taking over different products that are produced in Gotham. So that's why people, uh, they started importing. I think there was a line where they were, like, importing products from outside of Gotham once they figured out what the problem was.
0: It's still just, like, how, you know, how did he create. When, when did Joker become a chemical engineer?
1: Right. Well, and so they allude to that a little bit with the background when. Uh, and i think this is why they give him too much of a background uh but when uh bruce wayne is doing a thing that we unfortunately that i actually missed that we didn't get in the um and the the what's it called the newer trilogy the dark knight trilogy um where you see him doing more detective work so he's actually like at his computer doing research and stuff mm-hmm. and so you do have him uncovering basically his past and he goes and he does talk about like a formal education and all kinds of weird background stuff so uh, because I think he mentions needing to look at, like, someone who would have this expertise for it. So, but it's it's not convincing. It's just, hey, at least they did a throwaway segment on that. But it's weird that they put a throwaway segment to try to explain that and not, you know, a number of other things, too. Um, it does yeah. lead to one of my favorite scenes, though, which is when the reporter's... Who know that the problems are with the products and therefore won't like shower or use any hygiene and don't have makeup. And so they just look totally frazzled on screen uh, and have blemishes all over. I I love that scene.
0: I I love that. But I'm also just like, like if someone said tomorrow, all of the products that have been sold recently are possibly bad. The only product I would not have is I need to buy more moisturizer. Like, I have everything else. I bought them months ago, you know? Like, and so I don't entirely believe that as soon as this happens, everyone stops using the products they've been using for months.
1: <laughs> you know? I, like, I would get, yeah, I feel like they'd still take showers and stuff like that. But one of the things, I guess in this case, is at least you wouldn't have maybe the makeup for TV. But that's but about it. But I bring it. my but makeup like,
0: from home. Like, you don't go through makeup that fast.
1: Oh, there's, that's, uh, I, I wouldn't know because I don't use makeup, so. I
0: mean, um, I, I don't wear go. makeup. Very often, if at all. But, uh, I mean, makeup lasts a long time.
1: So I... It was a very comic bookyish, ish uh, or even maybe even a Tim Burton-y kind of humorish point that yeah. I enjoyed.
0: I mean, in the movie, I don't it doesn't think bother me too
1: but... much, but yeah. Um... But since we're nitpicking, <laughs> um, I, I guess I should add in, I do actually like this movie a lot. I think it's my favorite of the first four Batman movies, but you know, I don't know about the other I
0: think this movie works. um, And one of the reasons why I think it works is because out of the two that we're going to talk about today, it is the least Tim Burton.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Like, as someone, again, who really loves Tim Burton's aesthetic, I think it generally works when Tim Burton is doing a Tim Burton movie and therefore the aesthetic works in context of the story he's telling uh, versus it being superimposed on Batman. And in this one, it's more in check. Like, it comes across much more... In terms of the set design and stuff. And I think yeah. Got- Gotham looks beautiful in this, in a, like, he, in a horrific way. Like, the
0: only time I thought to myself, this is a Tim Burton movie, is, and, and this is random, is when Batman is driving the Batmobile. Vicky Vale's in the car uh, in the Batmobile. They're driving back to Bruce Manor. Bruce, sorry, Wayne Manor. <laughs> and the trees.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The trees are so
0: Tim Burton. Like, it's just the way the trees are designed. You know, they're not real trees, right? They're like set. Uh, And I'm like, oh, those are the trees off of a Tim Burton set. Like, those trees could go into Edward Scissor's hands. They could go into Beetlejuice. They could go into Nightmare Before Christmas. Everything else, while I could see Tim Burton's influence, it did not strike me as like, this is Tim Burton. And when we talk about Batman Returns, I will have a very different opinion
1: about that for that movie. I, With you as well on that. (laughs) So I I guess we're uh, spoilers for our impressions on Batman Returns. We didn't like it. Uh, but, uh... And I have never
0: liked it, even when I was a little kid. So I have been consistent, at least on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie, I think, really works. I think there's some stuff that's a step too far that I would have changed, like Joker killing Batman's parents. I-, I don't need this idea that Batman created the Joker and Joker created Batman. Like... I uh... Yeah, like I, I never liked care. it in
1: the comics when they did make it Joe Chill and they used that in the Dark Knight trilogy, and I'd like it even less here where it's the Joker himself and not just someone like the Joker. Like like but I don't I, I don't, I, I don't I just need want Batman to, a to random
0: mugger, right? That's all right. I need
1: Like I don't want Batman to have the opportunity for vengeance on the person who killed his parents. Like I feel like I would rather him he just feel like, you know, for the rest of my life I need to make sure other people don't have to deal with this. Right. You know? Um And that's enough motivation.
0: You know, give me a story where the person who killed Batman's parents is actually a scared kid. And then Batman, when he finds him, when he's an adult going to kill him, realizes this is a guy who really regretted those actions. Like, that would be an interesting story. You know, how does Batman deal with that? But instead, we have these, like, stories where it's just some villain. And I'm like, no, it should be a random mugger.
1: That storyline, that potential story idea you just had would fit, I think, really well with the animated series, which is the best Batman. But, um... The, uh, just because he, Bruce Wayne in that is much more optimistic and Mm -hmm. positive because it's a kid's show. And, uh, but there is some darkness in there and it would basically open the door for him being like, hey, we should be rehabilitating all these people and so on and so forth. And like making sure that they have the opportunity to live, like to regret what they've done and make up for it and so on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I have a lot more to say about the original Batman movie. I think it's probably probably the best you could ask for for when it came out, you know? I
0: agree. So. And, and, you know, like I said, that the museum scene with Joker, like, I feel like you could just clip that scene and be like, this is who the Joker is, and every like, they don't need backstory, they don't need anything else. Be like, this is who the Joker is. He's the kind of guy who walks into a museum and starts spray-painting pictures to change them and just terrorize people, you know?
1: Which is, I think, exactly what they did so well in uh, The Dark Knight. The, like, the movie The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger is like, he doesn't need a background. He's just a crazy man who mm-hmm. does this stuff. And, you know, I think it works to Heath Ledger's portrayals uh, credit. Um, Not
0: everyone yeah. needs a sad sob story. Looking at you, Batman Returns.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess let's go ahead and segue into Batman Returns. I hate this movie. It's so bad. It is so... Like, I, I remember... <laughs> hypothetically thinking, oh, you know, it's one of the Tim Burton ones, I like the Tim Burton aesthetic, uh, and so on. So I was like, it's, you know, I'm sure it's not as good as Batman, but it's not that bad. Oh my gosh, it is so, so bad. It is a terrible movie.
0: So what's (laughs) weird to me is I don't remember anyone talking about this movie being bad, like ever growing up. Like, yeah, me neither. I either. feel like people have always revered this movie as good. I didn't like it as a kid because, and still to this day, the penguin is too disgusting. Like he's
1: is, he is. now credit to um, Danny DeVito. He throws himself into the role and does what he was given really well. I just don't appreciate it at all.
0: Yeah. As a kid, it was too much. And now it's too much. Like, you know, even if everything else in this movie worked, I would not have liked it as a kid because of the Penguin alone. But nothing else
1: in this movie works. (laughs) But what you just said, too much. That is what this movie is in a nutshell. Everything is too much. Everything. Except
0: Batman. There is no Batman in this movie. This movie, you you know, the thing that struck me. And Tim
1: Burton likes losers, right? Yeah. The thing that struck
0: me when I was watching this movie is, one, I don't know why it's called Batman Returns, because Batman didn't go anywhere. Two, (laughs) uh, this movie, Batman is the antagonist of this movie. Yeah, he is. The protagonists are Penguin and Catwoman. Yep. That's who this movie is about. This movie is not about Batman. This movie is about these two bad guys. Uh, and it doesn't even tell us very good stories with them. So, I, Michelle oh. that the Catwoman story is better than the Penguin story, in my opinion. But that could be because I am so disgusted by Penguin. But, yeah.
1: So, uh, this actually, I, there's a big note I forgot to mention about the first one, and it ties into this one. Is One of the things I think that makes the first one work so well is it's basically a monster movie where the good guy is the monster right? Like, Batman, if you just think about everybody's reactions to him, like, nobody knows anything about Batman, right? They don't even know that he's real at first. And they're just, like, don't want to be confronted by him. He, like, you know, there's stories that people tell about him. And so Batman, like, is a heavy influence, especially with a lack of mobility and so on. So it works pretty well in that respect. Batman Returns is a movie about Penguin and Catwoman being shunned from society and, frankly, deserving to be. (laughs) You know? Like, that's... They're like really weird people who are the driving factors, and it just doesn't it doesn't work at all. No, I, I just like so I, I, like yeah. why does Penguin? He has this supposedly sympathetic backstory, except that from the beginning he is actually kind of a monster because he eats a cat as an infant. Like, right. so is he superhuman? I don't I don't understand. Okay, so
0: something that I just did. Tim Burton hear the names Penguin and Catwoman and assumed these characters must have powers of a penguin
1: and a cat? I, I think so, because he really drives home the nine lives thing. Like Catwoman literally like it's like she she's thrown out of a building, goes through a tarp with a cat a cartoon cat face on it. And is, should be, like, dead or paralyzed or heavily injured, and then is, like, licked by a cat and therefore becomes Catwoman? I'm not, I'm very confused.
0: Why did Penguin become, so Penguin was a baby born malformed, and because of that, he's evil and a penguin?
1: I, uh, I don't know, well, he's he's born malformed, and so his parents keep him for a little bit, but then he, like, eats their family cat or something, and then they, like, dump him in a river, and he's raised by penguins? I Except, or carnies? I'm not sure. How this works and why do penguins have an af- affinity for him i don't think that's how penguins work so
0: something that left me very concerned by the end of this movie is i was concerned for the penguins yeah, <laughs> I'm I, like, I, why do these penguins follow penguin when did penguins become evil like i i, I don't know, why would penguins want to kill the firstborn of gotham like i and i and i don't really understand penguins motivation he was abandoned as a child raised by penguins Presumably loved by the penguins? I I don't know. Uh sure, I can understand wanting to come back and I can understand wanting to get vengeance against your parents. Okay. Has somehow become
1: a crime boss in all this time.
0: Yeah, you become a crime boss, uh, and now you want to kill everyone's babies.
1: I very confused. Um
0: Yeah. Max just- Shrek
1: now, Christopher Walken does a great job, I think, of being a creepy person. Yes. I'm not sure I really understand his motivations, but he does it well.
0: I don't understand why he's setting up Penguin to be mayor. Is it because he thinks he can control Penguin? Like, I, I,
1: but, I think it's because if he would like to have an ally in Penguin and also doesn't want Penguin to kill him.
0: Sure. But I, I just yeah. feel like he's trying to set up someone he can't control. Right. And, and it just seems strange. Now, Catwoman, I'll give you her motivations make sense, right? She's yeah. she's kind of this Black Canary-esque character, right, where she's trying to save women, but she also has this kind of like self-imposed, like she hates herself. So not only does she save the woman, but then she yells at the woman, right? Uh, right. And of course, she wants to get back at Max Shrek. Okay, you know, if this movie was just that, maybe I'd be okay with it. But one, they way over sexualize Catwoman. Way. Oh my gosh, they over. Way over. This
1: movie is so again with the too much, so raunchy. So oh my gosh, so I can't raunchy. believe
0: my parents watched. Let me watch this as a kid. Like, the
1: number of lines they had, there were people aren't. They're not even being remotely subtle. Like uh-uh. it is obnoxiously gross the way these people yes. talk in this movie. Um, her relationship, Selena Kyle's relationship with Bruce Wayne, so weird. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any
0: sense. I don't know why either is attracted to the other. Like. Yeah. Not at all, either other than one is male and one is female, like i mean in the in the context of this movie, like i I know Michelle Pfeiffer is a beautiful woman, but Selena Kyle, the secretary, was not considered desirable
1: right. she' was supposed to be in early nineties parlance she was like frumpy, right right and that's and, not how this. Is very weird. So,
0: I don't understand why Batman is attracted to her. I don't understand why she's attracted to him. And then they tried to play the sexual tension between Catwoman and Batman, who don't know the other is the other, right? Right. And right. it didn't work at all. I'm like, why is Batman attracted? Does Catwoman have some, some like pheromone that makes everyone around her attracted to her? Because otherwise, I don't understand. When did she learn to
1: fight? She, I she I fight? Cat Nine Lives thing that gave it to her. Yeah. And when did she, when, why did she sew her costume out of like eight bajillion pieces of leather instead of like buying a cat suit and making a hat for it
0: look let me tell you it is not that hard to go down to joanne's and just buy a piece of leather
1: (laughs) like a large piece of leather instead of i'm pretty sure that the costume that she made with all those like staples or whatever it was that she stitched them together with because i didn't even look like proper thread that would be tearing her up while she's moving it
0: way longer to make it that way than it would be to just go buy some freaking leather you can't yeah. tell me in Gotham you can't find a craft
1: store. Gotham is Gotham. looks like, if it existed as a real city, it would be the leather capital of the world. Like, <laughs> there, there would be... You would have, like, kinky BDSM places around uh, every other corner. I, I mean, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> like, yes that is would.
1: that is what Gotham is. It is a weird place. It would not be that hard
0: <laughs> for her to find a leather catsuit. I, I just... I don't understand. And, and like, I, I'm just convinced Tim Burton didn't and i I know they didn't have google or wikipedia back then but like surely he had the whole dc like comics department at his disposal if he needed it right and it never even crossed his mind that like wait is catwoman called catwoman because she has cat powers or because she's a cat burglar
1: um we also have the whole thing yeah i i don't (laughs) know and we also have the whole thing too where this movie starts the beginning of what we see is the a problem with basically every superhero franchise, which is after the first one where you have one bad guy, you throw two bad guys into the next one and you're like, oh, wait, that's too many to do a good story. Uh, like, or at least without could, great deal I of effort. I could
0: almost buy it in this movie since like, if this movie had been done well, right? Catwoman's supposed to be like a morally gray character. So right. you really only have one bad guy, one good guy, and then this character who's kind of oscillating between the two, right? And it's about her right. choice between being good or bad. That I could have bought if it had been written that way, but it was not. They they tried to have that. I feel like they tried to have that, but right. it just didn't work.
1: Ugh. And It's just man, Penguin is so gross. I can't even with Penguin. He's I, I can't so even. So gross, like the uh I think maybe the only scene from him that I enjoy, I I use the term enjoy loosely, uh, appreciate is a better word for it, is when he's at the, um, when he's surprised with the mayoral campaign or whatever, and, you know, people are kind of kissing up to him, and one of them go, like, he goes to the other person, like, well, at least I'm not bleeding from my nose, and then there's just, like, a really long pause before he bites the guy's nose to make him bleed. Like, I didn't enjoy the biting his nose, but I appreciated how long the punchline was, and the look on the guy's face was like, what? I don't understand what you just said. Um, I thought that was funny. But I think that's basically the extent of my appreciation of him as a character. I have, I
0: have no appreciation for him. And I don't understand why these circus people follow him.
1: Yeah, I don't either. That's not really explained. Well, I, I suppose it's that he's an actual crime boss and makes them a lot of money. That's probably, but does
0: he because before he shows up in this movie, he was raised by penguins,
1: well, that's well, he was raised by penguins, and he was raised by the uh the circus, right was he because he was yeah when uh when Bruce does his research, he finds the old newspaper clippings and stuff um uh and then there's also the fact that when he does it, he's like, oh, you like he finds out that he is actually a crime boss, so there's like a separate thing, but it's not ever. This was me thinking really hard about it as I was watching, and so what it seems like is he gets dropped into the, thi- into the thing, is somehow saved, like, you know, he's a weird penguin person. Also, I don't know how he would have survived as an infant unless he was just literally eating random animals in the sewers. The penguins I... raised him. How would penguins raise a person?
0: You but, know what? Uh... Just, just... they did. <laughs> how, how do cats revive Catwoman? I...
1: But, but it sounds like he goes from penguins to carney to crime boss but uses his but his hideout is in you know the sewers and uh yeah it's a very odd thing that doesn't make any sense yeah the uh, the other
0: thing that got me is going back to the idea that this movie is not about batman when i was watching this movie you know we have like this after the penguin you know whatever the baby sequence you know that he kind of comes back we have alfred doing christmas shopping which I thought was adorable. Uh, And then uh, there's like this attack and then Batman shows up to stop the attack. And then we don't see Batman again for a half an hour. Like I looked at the marker, it was like 36 minutes in and that Batman came back and it was for like a short scene where he's like watching something on the news. And he's like, huh? And I'm just like, we just had a half hour of movie that's called Batman Returns and Batman's not even in it.
1: I, I mean, what it really feels like is Tim Burton was told he had to make a Batman movie. And he didn't want to. And this is what happened. Um, I, I mean, that's what this feels like, right? Because yeah. at this point, like, what uh, in Tim Burton's... What did he direct before and after this immediately? Let's see. Uh, he did...
0: Was Edward Scissorhands was before this. I'm pretty sure.
1: So uh, Batman was 89. Beetlejuice was right before it. Edward Scissorhands was right behind it. And then uh, Ed Wood was after Batman Returns. So he did Ed Wood and then Mars Attacks. So, um, yeah, Ed Wood is a very Tim Burton movie, I feel like. Um, Yeah, it very much seems like, oh, I have to make this big budget thing, I guess. Especially if you consider the success of Batman. Like, Batman, 1989's Batman was very, very successful. Um, It was just a huge blockbuster hit. They definitely, it paid dividends on all their massive investment. It won an Oscar uh, for Best Art Direction. Um, I mean, it got uh, Jack Nicholson a nomination for Best Performance by an Actor, which, by the way, really funny. He was nominated in the comedy musical category. What? For, yeah, for the original How Batman. How is
0: Batman a comedy?
1: I don't know. It's certainly not a musical. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a drama. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: Action
1: um, movie? Anyways. uh, But, so I, I think that it was more of a... You know what? We had this huge success with the first one. We need you back. And they probably had contract power to do it. And it's what he needed to do to be allowed to do his own thing afterwards. Because he likes those smaller projects, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm just after this, I'm convinced that Tim Burton needs to stay away from franchises. Uh, Batman, Planet of the Apes, please never even look at them again. Don't even, you know, sneeze in their Did he direction. do Planet of the Apes? He did. He was the director of the 2001 Planet of the Apes, of which we never speak.
1: Oh. I have never seen a single Planet of the Apes
0: Well, movie. if you ever do see a Planet of the Apes movie, do not see the 2001 Tim Burton one.
1: If I were to watch one, the first one I would watch would be the original movie. So Good.
0: <laughs> and I highly uh, recommend the book. The book is fantastic. Uh, it's written by a French guy. But that's off the topic. Uh cool. Uh, But yeah, I just I can't like the first movie felt like a Batman movie directed by Tim Burton. This movie feels like a Tim Burton movie that Batman just stumbles into.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. So uh, two thumbs down this movie a
0: lot. What makes me mad now in retrospect is how much people talk about uh, Batman and Robin. Look, I know Batman and Robin is a bad movie, but Batman and Robin is at least a bad movie on the level of let's get popcorn and make fun of it as we're watching it. Batman Returns is just a bad movie.
1: It's bad and uncomfortable, right? At the same time, like, you're allowed to be bad and funny bad. You're allowed to be good and uncomfortable, but bad and uncomfortable is another, like... It's just a bad mix. You like, know? I
0: just felt uncomfortable. Everyone's, like, trying to sleep with Selena Kyle. I, and, like, she doesn't want to sleep with any of them. I don't...
1: So, my memory of Batman and Robin, I, I mean, I haven't seen it in forever. I'm going to assume it's a worse movie, but it's much easier to watch. Because it's at least, like you said, bad in a way that I could have popcorn and laugh at it. Um, but this, yeah, was, this was... This was depressingly bad. Like I, I I thought oh it's you know it'll probably be mediocre at worst and I'll have some you know plenty of criticism and things but things to highlight. I love the ba- the the I love the um, Tim Burton aesthetic. That's probably the only real actually positive thing I can say about this is if you just took pictures of the sets I think they look cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess that's about it, right? Like like because I don't think they work for this for the movie. You know um, I think that. Penguins uh, props and stuff look cool. Uh, I don't like it when he's holding them because I kind of <laughs> <laughs> don't want even him in there. Look
0: at them. penguin. Yeah. Oh, oh like...
1: Very, very important question though. Can you tell me and the audience about the aerodynamics of penguins' helicopter umbrella? Ugh. <laughs> I, I, that I laughed really hard at that.
0: Oh, that reminds me that I have another criticism of both of these movies. Uh huh. In both movies the main female who Bruce Wayne is interested in, her weight is directly mentioned.
1: Oh yes, absolutely.
0: And it, and, and the thing that and it's, frustrates criticized me is it's, it's criticized too. It's criticized. And in the first one, Vicky Vale lies about her weight when she way weigh underweighs herself because let me tell you, I would say the average woman who of her size over twenty probably weighs somewhere between one hundred and thirty and one hundred and forty pounds, and both of these movies pretended like that is obese for a woman.
1: Yeah, it, it and was, I'm like, these are super- tall
0: women. Michelle Pfeiffer now- is not a tiny woman, uh, and she's like one hundred and forty pounds. Oh my gosh, it's as if they said, "I weigh two hundred pounds," and like this is the kind of movie that I remember being in middle school, not middle school. I remember being in high school, and a girl who is perfectly healthy weight, even skinny. I remember her confessing to me as if it was a horrible thing that she weighed 134 pounds yeah. as if she was obese and she looked completely normal. And I'm like, this this is the kind of thing that does it. And it just, both times, I almost, I, I wanted to like pull out the DVD and break it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's the thing is like, it's so bad. You know, it is one thing to say that, yes, this happens in real life. Like, I, I mean, for listeners at home who don't know me, I'm a small man. Like, I'm average female height. I'm, like, 5'5", five five, and I run marathons. I'm thin. And so, like, yes, every once in a while, my weight will come up, and then women I know will, like, feel bad because I weigh less than them. It's like, guys, this is... What? Your value is not tied to your weight. Um And also, I am way under what average female weight probably is. Like, this is not a... It, we don't need to be comparing to each other. Um And then, but, like... It's one thing to say that, like, yeah, people do this, but you don't need to insert it into movies. Um, Especially when you're in a situation where Batman is freaking saving your life and he's literally asking because he's testing a line, you're not going to lie in that case. Like, that is... You're just... I don't know, driving home the stereotype. But also,
0: if you're Batman, you're not going to make her feel bad about it, right? You're no, just no, going to be was... like, she lied to me, but I'm just going to file that away in my head. Not confront her and be like, you yeah, lied to me.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, no, There was it was silly for, as a character, like, it, you wouldn't lie in that situation, even if you're conscious about it. Because he's like, oh, look, there's this line, and he's probably checking how much weight but it But he doesn't
0: carry, explain right? it to her. So, no. I, in that sense, I kind of buy her fudging or whatever, but because he doesn't say why I need to know your weight. He's just like, I need to know your weight. And it's just like, I, I, okay. Uh So both of these women are five foot seven. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Average uh, healthy BMI <laughs> or five foot seven. I, I've got to Google this because I, I just don't believe that they are even. So if you're five foot seven, it is completely healthy, according to the internet, to be between 121 and 158 pounds.
1: For those at home listening, you are now tuned in to Mandy and Michael's <laughs> Love Your Body podcast.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, I, no. I, I am overweight, you know, I, I know that. But it's stuff like this, that yeah. like, I remember being a teenager, even when I wasn't overweight, like... I remember being a freshman in college and being like, I am so fat and it's and I contend that one of the reasons why I am slightly overweight now is because I already thought I was fat. So what did it matter? Even though, according to all these BMI charts, I was not. But because of stuff like this, I I mean, yes, this is a rant. It's totally a rant. I'm sorry, people, but I just cannot stand it when movies feel this need to point out women's weight and then criticize them for it.
1: No, I'm I'm with you. I I'm right there with you. I support you in in your rant. <sighs> Man, there is so much to dislike about this movie. <laughs> um, and it's and the problem too is like yes, the criticism is absolutely there in the first one. I mean, the the scene we're talking about largely is about the first movie. But at least there were good things in it to distract and there are not in Batman Returns.
0: No. No. Ugh. Why why is everyone sleeping with Selena Kyle? Or at least wanting to? I just, I just... And Penguin is so disgusting. Why do the penguins follow him? I don't understand. And then at the end when he's like, My babies, you know, and I'm like, You literally sent your penguins into danger. Like yep. if you really cared about them, you would not have sent them into Gotham with explosives on their back. Like I
1: So, um, we've been talking for an hour about mostly displeasure with the, well, entirely displeasure with the second movie, and, uh, I, I th- basically it was really easy to highlight the good things about the first movie, and so then we moved on to the less good. Um, one thing we didn't touch on about at all was the music, and at least for the first one, I feel like, uh, because it's Danny Elfman, right?
0: They're both the Danny Elfman.
1: So, I, I guess the second one is really just a revisiting of the same scores for the first yeah. one, largely. The score is really good, and holy crap, it's iconic, you know? Um, well, everything so, Danny Elfman touches is good. Like, that's so good. It's so true. Um, so, kudos to him for that, for making such an amazing... Like, every single time I hear just the beginning of the Batman theme, it's like, where's Batman? Um mm-hmm. Which reminds me also of uh another contribution of the first movie to kind of to uh to culture at large, and it is probably the single most profound line in all of film. I'm Batman
0: <laughs> I also realize that these movies are where the stereotype of Batman tells every girl he's interested in his secret identity come from yeah, so true. Uh... Because both Vicky Vale and Selena Kyle learn who Batman is, and it's just like, does does he even have a secret identity at this point?
1: I who knows. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe he's banking on the fact that nobody knows who Bruce Wayne is to, to keep <laughs> his, his secret identity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's 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 very very weird that he just tells everybody. Um, also, why did they reference Vicky at all in the second movie? Like, the relationship didn't work. It's like, just leave it be. Uh, I didn't it was mind very that,
0: actually. Um, you know, adding a little bit of continuity. And th- these movies are supposed to be, Batman Returns is supposed to come right after Batman. And that's the kind of thing that, as a kid, I would have been like, where's Vicki Vale? And then they're like, yeah. oh, we broke up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, I it didn't
1: bother me. All right, Okay. Um, Okay, so I've I've mentioned this before. The single best thing to come from the first Batman movie is Batman The Animated Series. Um, Mandy, at some point you need to watch that. It's real good.
0: I'm Um, going to. Apparently it's on Amazon Prime, and we have Amazon Prime, so.
1: So uh, Bruce Timm was the creator of that. Uh, He made it um, with several other amazing people. Uh, The show won multiple Emmys. Uh, but Bruce Timm, it's T-I-M-M, two M's. And so a lot of us, we call the DC animated universe, we call it either the DCAU or the Timverse um, to sp- specifically highlight just the shows that are in his universe because they have Batman the Animated Series, excuse me, Batman the Animated Series, Superman. Uh, then uh, there's like the... I'm trying to think. They have the the New Adventures of Batman and Robin, which is just a continuation of Batman the a- Animated Series. And when Superman started... It was, like, a a two-spot where they would do part Batman and Robin, part Superman. Uh, then they also had, like, Batman Beyond is in there. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited are in there. Static Shock was in there. The Zeta Project was in there. Um, and it's a really good, coherent universe that's probably... I, that animated universe is why I like DC so much. Um, not any of the other stuff. Uh, and it's what makes me love Superman a lot, but... Uh, Yeah, you want a quality Batman who's consistent and good and deep, but also not a terrible person and not super awkward at times, but awkward when he wants to be. That's the show to watch, I think. Um, Definitely my favorite Batman. Uh, What a... I guess it's hard to go into the legacy of these movies beyond this. um, There is the fact that this was the beginning of the superhero blockbuster as, like, a genre rather than as Superman being alone, right?
0: Yes.
1: So we didn't really get others to pick up on it until the late 90s, right? Is that when Spider-Man came out? I or was know, it early Spider- 2000s? Spider-Man
0: came out early 2000s.
1: I think you're right. Spider-Man and X-Men were, like, the beginning of the modern era of superheroes. Yes.
0: These these um. were pre-that. This, this was to that what Superman is to that, yeah. right?
1: I guess you're right, yeah. So Superman was kind of the 70s, and then Batman was basically the 90s. And then finally you hit, OK, now every superhero can have a thing uh, or superheroes themselves are a genre. So, um, yeah, so,
0: yeah. I, I mean, as a kid, I love these movies. I, I love not not Batman Returns. I specifically never watched that one. <laughs> um, but I, I'm actually really excited as first to talk about Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, because I actually feel like those were more a part of my childhood than these two movies, um, because these two were too scary um for five-year-old seven-year-old mandy uh whereas uh batman forever and batman and robin were not (laughs) so uh but you know this first batman movie definitely is what started all of that and i i think that first one's a good movie you know joker batman it's they did a really great job this movie is just off the
1: rails and i and i don't know it's a real bad movie, guys. Uh, it does not deserve. What is it on IMDb? It has a user rating of seven out of ten. It is way what? worse than that. What? Yeah.
0: How is that possible? I think it's because I, I think it's this weird thing where people hate Batman Forever and Batman and Robin so much that they think this movie must be so much better, but it is not. Like I, it's not.
1: No, no, it's it's really, it's yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trying to look up just on Rotten Tomatoes what the different uh batman movies scores are just to kind of get an idea and it this is just fresh versus rotten so not the not an actual percentage uh let's see movies uh dark knight 94% positive the original batman 72% hmm. that feels about right i'd give it a 72 um <laughs> batman versus superman 27 batman begins 84 <laughs> Batman Returns, 80%. So higher 80%? than Batman. What? No, that's on average. That's a fresh score, right? So let's Who let's actually look at averages. are these
0: people voting for Batman Returns?
1: Okay, so the audience score, which is, I think, uh, that, that's higher for Batman than Batman Returns. That's very weird. Very, very weird.
0: What is Batman Forever? How does that compare?
1: Um, let's see. Batman Forever, uh, 40%. I don't buy that.
0: That's and Batman
1: the, and Robin, 11%.
0: That's fair, but... That's
1: probably fair. Like, Batman and Robin is just a bad movie. I do not
0: think Batman Forever and Batman Returns deserve that big of a difference between You them. know
1: what? You know what it probably is? Is I think everybody, many of us have the Robin. context of when... It, what?
0: Everyone hates Robin for some inexplicable no, reason.
1: No, no. I think it's really a context of, like, when it came out. Um, Because Batman Returns was basically the second one of these. And we were... At that point, like, the dark comics were really in vogue and stuff. And uh, honestly, even just look at general film in the early 90s and the late 80s. And being dark and gritty and sexualized was, like, a really big thing. So I, I feel like that probably plays a lot into it. um, Man. But Batman Returns, it doesn't matter how... If we watch Batman Forever and it turns out that, Mandy, all your positive feelings disappear and it's a bad movie... There's no way it's that much worse than Batman Returns.
0: That, that I mean that's my that that's kind of how I feel, right? There's no way it can be as good as Batman. Uh I just even if my memory is completely rose colored, I don't see how it can be that much worse than Batman Returns cuz this is a terrible right. movie.
1: <laughs> it's really really bad.
0: I I just I don't th- I don't think I can watch this movie again. Like, you know, I watched it for this podcast as it was. I had to watch it in two sittings cuz I could not take it.
1: Oh, it's so bad. Um, oof. Well, uh, at least we're done watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I never have to watch it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad I got it as a set bundled into other movies rather than having spent money explicitly on it.
0: See, I, <laughs> I bought the Batman four pack in college of these four. I movies. I did
1: too. That's what I had the the like single little yeah case that has all four movies. I did that for both the Batman and Superman movies. So
0: yeah, so that that's how I had it and. Uh... But I, I don't even know if I rewatched all these movies in college. It's, it's been so long. Um, yeah, it's been my, a while. My daycare had an unnatural obsession with Batman and Robin when I was in daycare in elementary school. So we watched that movie all the time.
1: But uh, <laughs> It's a weird movie to have on. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you know what the three movies they showed us regularly were? It was uh, Batman and Robin, The Return of the Jedi, and The Sandlot.
1: What a weird mix of movies. Yeah,
0: I I have no idea. But for a long time, I actually couldn't watch The Return of the Jedi because of that, because we watched it so many times. So uh, because it was like the only three movies they owned. I I, I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, but uh, so we, I watched Batman and Robin a lot growing up. But I, I am really, I, I am excited for us to rewatch Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, just because I know Batman and Robin is bad. But I feel like it's like the kind of movie we could do like a mystery science theater of. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, whereas Batman Returns, I feel like if we tried to do a mystery science theater of it, I'd just spend the whole time saying what, why, <laughs> 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 um, so.
1: Uh, I think uh, I was just looking, continue to look at uh, IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes scores. Uh, I think that maybe after we catch up on the Batman stuff, uh, it might be fun to do this for the Superman movies too. Um, Because we've talked about Man of Steel. That's the only one that we've talked about. Uh. Um, And that was less positive. But looking at the Rotten Tomatoes scores, people really like the first two Superman movies and really, really dislike three and four. Like and the, thir- I feel like
0: they really dislike every Superman movie to ever come after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Superman, the third Returns. and fourth one to give you an idea. Superman three, twenty six percent. Superman <laughs> four, twelve percent.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, the first it's two been a are. A long time, na-
0: time since I've watched those movies.
1: Me too. Uh, Ninety three and eighty nine for the first two, though. So, and then Superman Returns is a seventy six percent, which is you know respectable. Yeah. So.
0: So I guess for our listeners, we are planning on going through all the Batman movies. I don't know if we're going to do it in order uh, because, you know, who knows what other things will come like not in order. I don't know if we're going to do it consecutively. (laughs) Uh, But uh, eventually we would like to go through everything from these movies to Lego Batman. And that does mean eventually, Michael, you have to watch Batman versus Superman.
1: I, what I'm hoping for is that I can convince you to do the Superman movies so we can put it off just a little bit longer. You
0: know, <laughs> and, and that, maybe that's the way to do it. We do the Superman movies, and then we do Batman versus Superman as the cumulation, and then we just cry. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that that's the cumulation. Cry what they've done to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, and then we can, maybe by then, we'll be ready to start doing animated stuff, and we can, you know redeem our like our views of these superheroes
0: Uh, (laughs) feel better about
1: life oh goodness
0: you know I like Batman (laughs) Uh, Batman Returns is not going to diminish my liking of Batman I would like one day one day to see an excellent
1: Catwoman on screen Uh, that would be amazing Uh, are you suggesting that the uh, the Halle Berry film Catwoman was not that (laughs)
0: Uh, that does not even deem a response. <laughs> um, uh, and, I, and
1: I have I very much hate. not seen that movie, just so you know.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't hate Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. And we'll talk about this when we talk about um, Batman, whatever that movie's called. called. Batman Rises. I, I don't the, know. The Dark Knight Rises. Yes. <laughs> um, I, oh, my gosh.
1: Catwoman. The 2004 Catwoman has a 9% on, toma- on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: But, you know, actually, my husband and I have been playing this Batman game. Uh, called uh, uh, Trevor. I'm sorry. What is that game called?
1: Wh- which of the Arkham games?
0: Telltale series.
1: Oh, the Telltale. I've been meaning to get to that. Okay.
0: I, and I really love the Catwoman in that. <laughs> and I'm like, how hard would it be to do this on the screen? Like, I I don't know. Why Why do they find it so hard? <laughs> um and. Yeah, and it's not even like she's not sexy in that. And I feel like people in these movies, for whatever reason, they, they feel like they have to make her so sexy that for some reason all her other characterization goes out the window.
1: You can have a character who has self-actualized sexual, like self-actualized sexualization without making that her only characteristic. Yes.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it one day, one day maybe we will have a Catwoman, but not while Zack Snyder is at the helm. Uh, so... Uh, who knows? Who knows when that day will happen?
1: Yeah. Well, we can't. We won't really have almost any decent DC characters while Zack Snyder's at the helm. So uh, hopefully, it won't take like his death to solve that. <laughs> you know, oh, hopefully the gosh. franchise will end and we'll just get some something else going on. But uh, well, uh, I guess that's that's really it. We can uh, close out. Mandy, you want to sign us
0: out? Uh, sure. Um, If you want to follow us on the interwebs, uh, we are both on Twitter. I am at Brown underscore Aja. That's A-J-A-H. Michael is at Auhim, A-U-H-I-M. And uh, you can follow the podcast at Triv Crucial. Uh, Until next time.